Welcome to Meet the New Boss, a riveting podcast series exploring how business leaders make their way in the world and how music has influenced who they have become. Here are your hosts, Vince Catanzaro and Jeff Neva. Okay, welcome to another edition of Meet the New Boss. I'm the host today, Vince Catanzaro. Jeff was unable to make it, but we're going to move forward without him. And today we have a, a special guest, Julia Moore. Julia is actually in Germany. So we're like taking Meet the New Boss International. And one of the really cool things about my, my career as a, an executive recruiter as uh, I make uh, help people get jobs and, and get to follow their career, and when their career is really successful, it's a uh, it's a really great experience for me to see people be successful. And uh, I met Julia as a candidate, I don't know, maybe like five six years ago. Uh, placed her at Promethean where I used to work, and she has gone on to become uh, country lead for Clever Touch, and she is in Germany. And welcome, Julia. How are you today? Thank you, Vincent. I'm very well. And uh, yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's great really to, nice have to catch you. up again. Yeah, it's great to have you here. The uh, right, So before we get started, because I do follow you a little bit on social media, I uh, I know you're you're very proud of both your children, but your daughter in particularly, she's a skater. Is that right? Catch What's going on with your daughter? Tell me about your daughter skating. That's correct. Yes, she's a, a nice dancer. Um, she started first with uh, normal single skating, but then uh, she was introduced to ice dance and she totally loves it. So, yes, it's really taken off. She's enjoying it very much and uh, she trains six days a week, four hours a day. So there's a lot of hard work going in there with her partner. And uh, yeah, let's see where, where she ends up. So uh, we're, we're going international now. So there's plenty of traveling involved uh, at the weekends. But uh, Yes, obviously, for a parent, it's a very proud moment when, when you actually see them on the ice and uh, they're so enjoying it. So that's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. Is there a chance to be like on the German national team? Uh, yes, exactly. When they're older. So she started now to represent Germany uh, in the like in the junior stage. So um, the next thing would be then to, to become part of the German national squad. So that would probably happen in about a year and a year and a half, probably. So that'd be awesome. So if I watch international ice dancing, there's a chance I could see your daughter skating. Hopefully in a few years' time, yes. So she she wants to go to the Olympics. If she make it, I don't know. But uh, from my side, I'll do uh, anything that I can, obviously. But uh, at, at the end, it's up to them, really. That's fantastic. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about your story. I uh, I know you're... You, you're were you raised in Ireland? But you're German. But you were in Ireland. You were in Ireland, or just recently moved from Ireland when we met. Catch, catch us up on the story. Tell us a little bit about Julia. Yes. Well, I actually call myself a European uh, because uh, I have an Italian mother, a German father, and uh, I was born in Germany, raised in Germany, and then uh, in my early twenties I moved to Ireland. And I was teaching in Ireland uh, at a school. It was part of my studies back then, and I ended up staying there for ten years. 
And uh, I got married to an Irishman, uh, had two kids. And then um, in 2014, we decided then to come to Germany because I wanted the children to have the opportunity uh, to learn German, to have the two languages, German and English, to be fluent in both languages and basically to give them uh, yeah, a better chance uh, when they're older. And yes, yeah, so we settled here now in Germany and uh, the kids are really doing well. My husband settled in, he learned German. So yes, but it, it's great to live with, between the three cultures. So uh, I think I'm more Irish than German <laughs> at this stage. Uh, and then obviously the Italian mixture in that as well. It's, it's, a, it's a funny combination, but yeah, I really uh, do enjoy it. Yeah, I guess I should say probably Italiano. Si, si, parlo l'italiano. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your mom is the Italian one. So do you cook Italian food? Uh, of course, there's a lot of yeah, Italian food happening here at home. <laughs> yeah, we do eat a lot of pastas and uh, pizzas as well. Um, and the meats, obviously. So, yeah, everyone loves Italian food here. <laughs> That's fantastic. And Patrick's your husband. Do I remember that correctly? Sorry? Patrick is your husband's name. Is that correct? That's that's correct. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and he Irish had to German. learn. He had to learn German. How did that work for him? I feel I, I I would be anxious, like if if all of a sudden I was moving to Germany with you know with no German and having to learn the language. How did how did he do with that? Uh, uh, to be honest with you, it was very hard at the beginning. Uh, obviously, it's the first the cultural thing uh, because German culture is completely different to Irish culture. So you have to get used to that. And then uh, he, I enrolled him actually into uh, an integration course. And it was actually at that time, 2014, when the war happened in Syria. So we had a lot of Syrian refugees as well. So for him coming from a really Catholic country, and then obviously you had then the, the Muslim religion coming in as well. It was, I think, a very bit overwhelming for him because I think he was actually uh, one of the very few Europeans that were actually attending the course back then. But uh, yeah, he mixed with them and he integrated with them. And uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, it was a hard process to learn the language uh, at the beginning because with the, the German grammar say that way, it's quite hard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, I'm very proud. He, he picked it up and uh, obviously he started work as well. So, and it was good that uh, there was no English speaking colleagues. So he had to speak. And I think if you want to learn a language and integrate in a country, you just really have to jump into the war or mix with the people and just speak. How, how long did it take him to, uh, to uh, like get fluent enough to, to work, to work his way around? Um, I think it probably took him about three years. Okay, so a while. So that wasn't wasn't yeah. yeah. That's a transition. That's a good man. Tell him I said good job. <laughs> I will do. Thank you. That's fantastic. <laughs> so uh, so tell us a little bit about your career. So like when we met, you had gone to work at, for a competitor in Germany, but now you've grown your career. You've become uh, a country manager. And one of the things, you know, the name of the podcast is called Meet the New Boss, which is kind of a spoof on the Who song, right? You know, kind of, but not the same as the old boss. You know, tell us about when you first went to Clever Touch. Did you have like a a plan? Like, how did you like? You're all of a sudden the new boss. You have a small team. You're growing that team. You're implementing changes. How did people react to you? How did that all go? 
Uh, yes, that was a, a big challenge for me, but I, I was totally up for it. Um, I just think sometimes um, things happen for a reason. So this wasn't all planned. I basically left Promethean because I wanted to leave the industry. Uh, I wanted to go back to the auto ID market and uh, go back to my old industry and just deal with corporate clients and not with the public clients anymore with all the tenders, etc. And then um, I got this offer from Clever Touch and I was thinking about it and I said, okay, actually this is the thing I always wanted to do. I, I always had with Promethean loads of ideas, but unfortunately they weren't always heard. So that was part of the reason why I left as well, because I just wanted to be able to, uh, yeah, just to um, create things and uh, work with the team and come up with new ideas and, and trying to, to put them into reality. So this was a great chance for me with Clever Touch. Um, the, the guys really put a lot of trust into me and uh, basically, uh, obviously I sit down with them and when we make planning and all that, but uh, yeah, they really let me let me do was, uh, was what I like to do. Um, obviously I have to give good reasons for that. And um, yes, we, we managed it um, so far. Um, the guys, the three guys uh, with the sales team from the old Clever Touch team, um, that got to and they were and they were all men, three men. Uh, no, actually, um, two sales, ma male sales, uh, one uh, female lady and one lady in marketing. So it was actually four but three salespeople, and obviously for them it was like, wow, uh, who's this one coming in now? Um, but the ice broke really fast. Um, I, I'm a very outgoing person, and uh, I think. Um, you have to trust in people and you have to give them space and uh, don't overwhelm them completely. Uh, listen to what they have to say as well. I think that's really one of the key points. So um, that's that's what I did. So we sit down together as a team. We do our planning together. Um, I always ask them as well, like what sort of ideas have you got? Uh, it's it's. I think the most important thing is that you really have to take them on board and take them with you and involve them. So. Uh, Yes, so it settled, it settled in okay. Um, obviously, there's still loads to do. Um, at the moment, uh, I'm trying to open a showroom in Düsseldorf in Germany. These are like things that I never done before. <laughs> in my past, I just dealt with sales. Now I have to set up an office. Uh, we're also looking into uh, improve our after sales service, like technical support. So we're putting in a whole new procedure in there. And um, just generous stuff as well, like looking after a team, put, like doing all the planning um, procedures that need to be followed, um, a share in place for communication. Like that is really the key thing as well, isn't it? Communication. So uh, we use Teams. So now we implement it more and more that everyone can share uh, their researchers or um, our thoughts. We have like a daily chat. So it's it's just important to yeah, for everyone to be on board and that everyone can um, ask a question and it's and it's her to straight away. So if you had to describe your your leadership style and maybe how that emerged, if there was a, did you have like a couple of mentors along the way that like really impacted your career that helped form, you know, this is how Julia leads teams? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh you have to give people space and um, you have to make them com feel comfortable and that they can voice their opinions and that's the sort yeah, of person that I am. I, I'm trusting people and uh, yeah, 
I think that way or that leadership style, it just pushes people more. It makes it makes your team feel comfortable and they, they want to obviously be successful and share it with you rather than just um, giving commands from top down all the time, you know? So I think it's more important to give everyone the feeling we are proud of the team. We make decisions together. Obviously, sometimes we can't do everything as a team together. So I, as a leader, have to make decisions. But most of the time, I'm really trying to involve everyone and uh, get their opinions on board and then, yeah, emphasize the whole team, the team idea, team spirit. That's great. That's great. Yeah, the, there was a, one of, I think our very first guest in season one, it was a CEO named Kunal Chopra. And he and he's a real big believer in collaborative leadership, right? And getting, using collaboration to form ideas and build trust and build communication and have open communication. And he often posts on LinkedIn about collaborative leadership it's a it's uh i think that's a an area that he very much embraces so let me i'm going to pivot uh the conversation a little bit jeff typically asks this question to all of our guests so i'm going to try to do him a little bit of justice so so there's a time julia like with most people like with me so i had i'm the youngest of three right and there's a gap my brother is five years older than me my sister is seven years older than me and so when I was young like you know 11 12 years old I was introduced to rock and roll from my older siblings and you know started to buy actually I remember I first started to buy albums my my um, dad my parents were um, divorced and my dad had sent me money to buy an atari 2600 system that's probably before your eight that's before your day right so the uh and i ended up using that money to go out and buy like six kiss albums right and i started to listen to the rock band kiss and that kind of formed you know my music and you know my my generation of music for me was kind of that 70s hard rock into into 80s hard rock right what about for yourself what was like the first music that was not your parents music but like julia's music stuff that you started to buy the first time what was your really influence in music yeah that's actually a really good question um well it really started uh when i was about 12 yeah, 12 13 years old um i actually started to play the saxophone when i was 10 years old uh, i was in so obviously i started to learn the instrument and then um yeah put my feelings out like what sort of music you can actually play with the saxophone because obviously there's a lot of different types so um i ended up with uh, jazz and funk I, I do enjoy a lot of, um, especially punk music, uh, Matthew Parker, Candy Dolfer, uh, Prince, um, but also jazz I, I enjoy a lot. So um, yeah, but um, I'm open to everything. I do enjoy uh, R&B and hip hop as well. So over the years, obviously, um, you listen to or you go out into nightclubs and you, you listen to different sorts of music. And, yeah. So, it's a good mixture, but I also do enjoy rock as well. So um, my mother was a, a hippie, my dad was a, a rocker. 
a really rock person, say that way. So I, I grew up with a lot of rock music as well. So I, I do enjoy that as well. And I actually went to a Kiss concert as well a few years ago. <laughs> oh, did you? In Germany? Yeah, so I, you know, I don't want to digress too much into Kiss, but one of the things that I'm jealous about from a Kiss concert experience is like the Kiss concerts in Germany, man, the crowd is so much more into it than they are in the United States. And like the participation and the clapping and kind of singing in, in the shows are really cool. So like they'll post on their social media, you know, like that part when they do the song, look it up and they go into the Who song, you know, um, you know, um, I forget the name of the song, but when they do the, the, you know, not you know, meet the new boss, the meet the new boss song, right? The uh, when they go into that transition, that they'll show the the European crowds, the German crowds, and uh, they're much cooler than they are in the states. Yeah, a yeah, bit, especially um, in the rock festivals, uh, they're really into it. Yeah, it, it's always a, uh, it's always great fun. Yeah. So funk jazz, you 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 blew a couple of names by me real quick. So tell me again. I heard Prince, but before Prince, you mentioned a couple of other people that were yeah, your um, early influence. Yeah, Candy Dolfo. She's actually a Dutch saxophone player. Okay. Um, she started her career in the early eighties, actually, and uh, she's still playing at the moment. And I just love the fact she. She really has great power. Like uh, you, you should have listened to whenever you get a chance. Um, she has great songs out there, and I actually did love the fact as well. She called Prince one time and actually told him, "Here, do you want to listen to a really cool sax player?" And uh, he uh, kind of was like, "Oh no, I don't need anyone. I have someone already." So she said, "Well, give me a chance, and I'm really gonna give it socks." And in fairness, no, he gave her a chance, and she did really pull it off. So. She was actually part of uh, when he went on the European tour or I think even international, she went and played uh, with him as well. So really, really good saxophone player. And Matthew Parker, he's uh, a great uh, sax player as well. He plays a lot of jazz music, also funk. He actually uh, used to play with James Brown in his early career. He's, I feel good. Do, 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 do. That's, that's Matthew Parker. player and uh, he also played with Prince as well so it was that's, always that's great cool. when I went to see Prince concert you see all your favorite sax players then on stage as well I, I, I got to go to some one of my children um, no, I have six children Julia I don't know if I've ever shared that with you so I have six children one of them is wow. a music major in college she's a singer and she was you know um, during middle school and high school she would qualify for like these um national programs where they would meet conductors and kind of the best choral singers would get together from around the country and um it was called the american choral directors association so she would do these trips every year 
And one of the trips was to Minnesota. So, you know, when you're the when you're a chaperone, the kids are in rehearsals all day. They're they're gone. So you just, you know, you're working or doing whatever. And so uh, myself, one of the other parents, we went to I think he's called calls the Paisley Mansion to where Prince lived, right? Mm-hmm. So and so we had like almost like an industrial building and we did the tour and it was like just like three people doing a tour. It wasn't like a lot of tours were going on. I think it was a little bit even weirder because the state wasn't settled yet because he had passed, but the state wasn't settled and everything was left exactly like it was when he passed. His desk, everything was just like it was when he passed. And we did and we did the tour. It was pretty cool. They had this one spot where he had, he had like four recording studios in it, something like that. And one of them was the um, converted into, he also used it as a basketball court because I guess he was a huge basketball player and fan and uh and uh, so we we got to go and do that and it was fun and i think i always thought prince was uh was great and from way back from way back in the day right he was always you know he was just kind of a musical genius type guy right and uh huge huge influencer all right we're gonna um step away for a quick commercial break and, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes to talk to julia a little bit more about some music and and business and kind of where she sees her career heading. So we'll be right back. Have you been fortunate enough to be part of a winning team? It is great when everyone works together to achieve the same goal. Having synergy with people we work with is critical to our collective success. Without alignment, completing the work can be challenging at best. Did you know that the wrong executive hire can cost a company up to 15 times that executive's annual salary? If that number seems surprising to you, just stop for a moment and contemplate the ripple effect of choosing the wrong leader. Imagine the decline in team members' productivity, the decrease to employee morale, and the negative impact on business relationships. If you are looking to hire a key member for your organization, it is critical to have the best people partnering with you to realize your vision. My name is Renee Catanzaro, and I'm the president and co-founder of Renee Vincent Executive Placement. We specialize in identifying superior candidates for leadership roles. We know what to look for in top candidates and use scientifically validated methodologies in our vetting and hiring processes that will ensure your business has a competitive edge. We can help you find the perfect candidate for your open position that not only fits the skills and abilities checkpoints, but who also will be a great cultural match for your organization. Allow us the opportunity to partner with you for winning results that enable you to accelerate your business vision with hiring the best people on the market. Reach out to me today to learn more through LinkedIn or via email at renee at reneevincent.win. Okay, welcome back to Meet the New Boss, and we're here with Julia Moore. Julia, so you mentioned you took this opportunity to be country manager for Clever Touch. Tell the audience a little bit about a little bit about Clever Touch, and kind of what the the growth plans are. Sure. Um, well, Clever Touch, as we call it, really it's like an all-in-one solution provider for uh, the modern workplace because we actually do uh, a lot of corporate products 
and uh, also education. So um, we started basically with interactive uh, flat panels. So basically um, interactive displays for skills uh, that replace your uh, blackboard, the old fashioned blackboard. And what we also do a lot of more products um, rather than just um, the interactive devices. Uh, so when you think of the modern workplace, uh, we do have signage displays. When you come into an office in your reception area, you, know, you have displays there where you can actually present your company or you do some advertisements. So we also offer this software uh, inclusive to the product so you can actually create your own content with that. Um, you can show off your um, your meeting room schedule, which meeting rooms are free. And uh, obviously you need your room booking systems with that as well, that you can place next to your meeting room. So uh, you can actually connect them with Microsoft Exchange. So you always have the, the actual calendar and the time uh, schedule uh, showing on them. Yeah, so uh, obviously the, the software is all in, included in our range and uh, yeah, there's a lot of um, other devices that you, that we offer to uh, to our users that you can use along them with all our displays and uh, signage displays and also we start now with LED walls. So we are always thinking ahead what, uh, what other products we could bring to the market so we can basically provide an all-in-one solution, like an ecosystem, that's really what we call it officially, uh, to our customers, which is great. And then this is really what I do like about Clever Touch uh, because now uh, just the modern classroom, but now we can also go into companies as well. So that actually makes it really, really interesting now. Sure. So I have two sure. markets now. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, you know, I think we're going to release this episode uh, close to Valentine's Day. I think Valentine's Day may even be on a Tuesday this this year. And um, so in in conversation and prep, I had asked you to send me um, some of your favorite uh, love songs, Valentine's songs. So before we review this list, I wanted to ask, do you and Patrick have a song? Do you have a couple songs that are like... Patrick and your songs? Oh, that's a really hard one because we have such a different music taste. <laughs> <laughs> what about your first dance in the wedding? What was that song? Um, that was actually James Blunt's uh, You're Beautiful. That was actually the, the only song we could ever make a decision on because music-wise we're just so completely different. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so you're beautiful, James Brown, you're beautiful? Is that what you said? Uh, no, James Blunt. Okay. So we did popular. our, Renee and I's first dance was, You Are So Beautiful, um, oh. Joe Cocker. You know, you know Joe Cocker, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we have a couple, so we have a few songs that are kind of our songs. You're My Best Friend from uh, Queen is kind of one of our songs. I really like um, from uh, I, I think kind of romantic songs, you know, "Miracles" by Jefferson Airplane. I think is a pretty cool song. Um, that's the ones like "If Only You Believe in Miracles." So, so oh, that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, and "Wicked Games" by Chris Isaac. Um, I think yeah, I do like cool. that one as well. Yeah. yeah, and they actually easy. done a lot of uh, modern versions now of that as well. Um, it's actually Garth singing it. It's quite good. Garth Brooks? Games. Did you say Garth? Yeah. 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 So your accent, your English accent, is Irish, right? 
So when yeah, you speak, yes. <laughs> when, so when you speak in German, do Germans think you have a weird accent or no? No, I don't have an accent when I speak German. In German. So that's, that's that's native German, but your English accent is 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 Irish. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes I have knots in my head, um, especially when I just speak English, and then next thing I I want to say something in German, and or sometimes it's just blurred out, and I'm like, okay, what's this English or what's this German or? <laughs> Yeah, I can see that can get confusing. Well, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm glad today you're getting a, a good uh, dose of English today. Yes, you, obviously do, at do, home. Do you, you speak, speak English, English at home? Is English the yes. language in, in the house? Exactly, yeah. First language at home is English. Uh, if the four of us together, if it's just me and the children now, uh, we speak German. Or we, we speak Denglish, we call it. It's a mixture of German and English. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, so t- tell me about a few of the uh, a few of your favorite love songs. My favorite love songs. Um, yes, uh, I, I mentioned Candidolfa before. Uh, I actually really like uh, Lily Was Here. That's a, a song that she recorded with Dave Stewart. It's an instrumental song. There's no uh, singing into it, but uh, I, I really do uh, like this song. It just always cheers me up when I listen to it. And then I like Tracy Chapman. Give me one reason. I think she she's an excellent musician as well. Uh, I now, really isn't do that like, her like voice. she's leaving and she's looking for like one reason not to leave? Is that exactly kind of, okay? Exactly. And then I mentioned uh, that I do like rock as well. So the Stones, uh, I do uh, enjoy the Rolling Stones as well. And then obviously when you talk about love songs, then Angie. Yeah, Angie. My head. Angie is a great song. The uh, I was looking up and I, I had heard. So George Harrison's wife, right? Like in the song Something was written about George Harrison's wife. And I think Eric Clapton wrote Layla about George Harrison's wife and and another artist wrote a song about her and I thought it was Angie but I couldn't piece that together I tried to do some quick research but but George Harrison's wife obviously everyone loved her right she was she was having like all these great songs written about her right so uh you know m- mega hits yeah so Angie is an all-time great song uh, for sure um and then you put a Cat Stevens song. Is Cat Stevens, is he Irish? Is he an Irish performer? Where, where is Cat Stevens from? You know? That's actually a good question. I don't know. I think maybe, would not be, I think he's English. English? That would, yeah, Not yeah, to. that would. I gotta, I gotta do some research on that. Yeah, so but he's an excellent musician. Absolutely. So tell me about what's uh, what's next for for Julia. What what is the next couple of years hold for you? What, where are you looking to take your career and continue to grow? Are, are uh, you mentioned, you mentioned you're getting your MBA as well, right? Yes, uh, I must be completely nuts. Um, my husband he just totally is in disbelief uh, because like he literally asked me where are you going to do this, um, but yeah, it's um, it's actually one of the goals that I always for myself in place that I wanted to have at some stage my MBA so uh, I actually only enrolled for it now in December just gone so it's a distance learning uh, course and uh, yes the plan is to do it now at the weekends because during the week I just don't get the time with work and it's busy enough as it is 
but uh, yes, I will really start with it now and hopefully have it completed in the next two years. It's a, it's an MBA in business management. And uh, I actually think at this time it's, it's really good because I can actually combine it with my workplace as well. So I do obviously like the theory that I'm learning there, I can actually implement into my job as well. So it, it actually makes it really, really interesting. So I'm actually really looking forward now to really get my head into this now. All right, so just to recap, you're getting your MBA, you're a mother of two children, you've recently taken on a, a role where you're growing a team at Clever Touch, you're opening up commercial space, you're expanding programs, your daughter is a competitive skater, right? How do you fit that all into a week? What's, what's your, what's your, do you, do, when do you sleep, Julia? How often do you get a good night's sleep? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do sleep. Um, I don't know. I think I, I just go with it. Um, there's just no time to to think. You just you just do stuff. Um, but I have to say, in fairness, my husband he's he's quite good now. He organized mainly of the household at home, uh, especially when I'm away because I'm traveling a lot as well, all over Germany. Or I'm, I'm traveling a lot to England as well to the head office in London. So um, he he helps as well, but um, yeah, we, we have it all shut out and I have a son as well, obviously, and he does sports as well. He does athletics, so uh, he needs to be brought to training as well, or he has competitions at the weekends. So mostly I'm in charge of the ice skating department and Patrick looks after the uh, athletics with Kai and then obviously walk. Uh, fits in there. Uh, my studies, I have to, I just have to make room for it. And uh, yeah, I, I but I managed. That's awesome. You, just have That's, to, you sound very you just busy. Have to go. You're gonna have to like write a book one day about like how you put how you pull all that off at the same time. Yeah, maybe when I'm 70. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, any if any of our audience members wanted to get a hold of you, do you ever mentor folks? Do you are you open to people reaching out to you? If, what's the best way to to reach Julia? Um, I think the best way will be actually on LinkedIn. So I have a profile there. So I'm always open. I love to communicate with other people, uh, also from other industries. Or if someone uh, got interested now about our products, I'm really happy um, to talk to them, uh, not only in Germany, but uh, obviously we're an international company as well. So I can put connected people in the right directions with my colleagues uh, all over the world. So yes, just, just drop me a message. Now, do, do the Germans continue to use Zing as their primary um, business social media? No, I think it's all changed into LinkedIn now at this stage. That's I actually canceled my profile altogether. Oh, um, really? That's interesting. Yeah. I have a Zing story for you. So I was when I was recruiting for um, for Promethean in Germany, I had to set up a Zing account, and I hired, you know, like um, – a freelancer, uh, English to German freelancer, who, who did my profile, and I would reach out to candidates, and I'd have her do the reach outs in German, right? And if they responded, I just translated the conversation back to English, right? And that, and that's how I engaged people in Germany. And so I had a little bit of experience with Zing, and then I was interviewing ca a candidate. Uh, for another company here in the United States, and she had Zing as one of the tools that she used on her on her resume. So I used Zing, right? So I so I asked her, I was like, hey, you know, 
were you recruiting in Germany? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, what'd you use Zing for, right? And she didn't even know what it was. She had like a fake resume. Someone had put her resume together. And I told because she had that on her resume, I figured it out because uh, because I knew what it was, right? I had that experience using it. And uh, yeah, can you believe that? Fake resume. Terrible. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) well, Julia, it was such a pleasure to catch up with you. Let's go ahead and wrap up this episode, a great episode of Meet the New Boss. It's so great to be international and have a little bit of an international audience. And, uh, of course, as soon as this is ready, I'll, I'll get it out to you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Vincent. It was lovely to catch up with you again. You have been listening to Meet the New Bus with Vince Catanzaro and Jeff Niebuhr. Available on Apple Podcasts and other streaming platforms. Please like and subscribe. Meet the New Bus is sponsored by Rene Vincent Executive Placement LLC. Contact Jeff at jeff.niebuhr at iCloud.com or find him on LinkedIn at Jeff Niebuhr. Contact Vince at Vincent at ReneVincent.win or find him on LinkedIn at Vincent Catanzaro. Bumper music provided by The Who and Budafi. Additional engineering provided by Just-In-Time Recordings. All material 100% controlled by Vincent Catanzaro and Jeff Niebuhr. Unauthorized reproduction is prohibited by law. Meet the new bus.